Thank you, Ruth. Pray, or pray. Where am I getting that? Thank you, Lord, for all your blessings, all your gifts to us. This morning, I want to talk about uh, uh, washed and made clean. And uh, some verses from uh, Hebrews and also from the Old Testament uh, book of Isaiah. Uh, one verse, and you've been looking at it all morning if you're looking up here. So, Isaiah 1.18. Uh, but uh, as we talk about being washed, being made whole, being made clean. And uh, we'll begin with Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10 through 12. And it reads this way. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant or the Old Testament, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And then Isaiah chapter 1 uh, the verse reads, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you have made this possible. We're thankful, Lord, for, for all that we all that we can bring to you and know that you hear us when we pray and ask for forgiveness, that you hear us in all that we go through and, and know what we're, we're doing each and every moment, that you are God and there is none like you and that we are made in your image, part of your creation and we lift our hearts to you and, and uh, worship you in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Do you remember the time before, I think this is a picture of a whiteboard, before that, you know, and uh, uh, there were, before there were computers, before even uh, PowerPoint, or even overheads, and uh, the, uh, even green boards, I think we have green boards back in the, uh, in the Sunday school rooms, and I, I had a picture, but I didn't. I took that off. You guys know what it looks like. And if you do, then you remember a classroom that probably looked like this. <clears throat> and uh, at the front of every school classroom, there was these blackboards. And these blackboards um, were made of either real or fake slate. And uh, at uh, uh, at our, our, our grandson's bedroom, we got some paint and put it up there for them to mark on. And, and they did that in the teen room is where we got that idea on the back of one of those doors. A, a paint you can put on, then they can mark on that using, on, using chalk. But this chalk, this wonderful stuff called chalk, you know, it's, it's great. It comes in all kinds of colors. And you can draw on them. You can have your... Uh, uh, you can play, I don't know what they're doing here, hangman with a car or something up there uh, uh, on that blackboard. But uh, 
they had the walls in my my classrooms were just you know as high as you could reach and even higher and going all the way around and you were asked to go up and I remember in German class you know, that we'd have a big long lesson and then the teacher would say you know, take turns coming up you got a piece of chalk and I'm going to tell you a, a sentence in English and you take your chalk and write it in German and I'm thinking oh boy you know the pressure's on I should have been listening the other day uh, you know kind of a thing but I remember every Friday afternoon when I was in uh, 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 elementary school which was a long time ago and uh, they had the blackboards of course and and we would we would clean our our classroom on Friday afternoon as part of the end of the day activity and uh, uh, whoever you know you get the honor of taking those chalky dirty dusty erasers and you go outside and it looked like something like that and you're hitting them together and you're hitting them on the wall you're hitting them on the step you're hitting them on everything to get that chalk out of that eraser and my mother used to hate it but I loved it I mean here I'm outside pounding these things and I got a cloud going you know I could I could almost picture myself looking like Braden without and you know, and, and uh, whatever I wore on that day, I, I wore with a with a cloud of dust on them on the way home. And uh, she would complain, and she even got to the point. I remember, it, well, what day? It's Friday. Oh, I can't dress you in black, you know. And so uh, we would get those we would get those erasers clean, and finally get to the point where where everything they would would uh, they would get the best we could we, we could do and then later on they came out with this uh, invention of a machine that you just held them on and it shook them and all the boy if we would have had that when I was a little kid but you know, that wouldn't have been as fun uh, but we we had a good time doing that other kids we would if you weren't doing the erasers you were doing the you know you'd have a, a little sponge or a, or a wet cloth and you would clean the the board and uh, then you'd, somebody would be right next to you with a dry towel and, and wipe it down. And when they were done, it would be clean. You know, the board would be clean. I don't know why they even hired janitors back then, because we were, we were the slave labor, you know. This is free labor. But the, the blackboards were clean. You wouldn't even know that there, were, uh, there had been history lessons or math lessons or, uh, or uh, English lessons all week long on those boards they would be clean and the erasers would be clean they started out like this and hopefully they looked like that but they never did but uh, in the same vein and the same idea as having the boards being immaculate and once were dirty and, and dusty and marked up and and drawn on all week long uh, I want us to look at the experience of our mistakes and having our failures erased and washed clean forever by our Lord Jesus Christ. That here God had a sin eraser. And uh, that would wipe out those things that, that we had done. And uh, the Bible tells us that one of the most amazing experiences that we can have as Christians and believing and, and enjoy this life 
is receiving God's forgiveness. To, to receive our own forgiveness and the privilege and the ministry of, uh, that God gives us to forgive somebody else. To forgive another person. And passage after passage and, and uh, it lets us know that God and forgiveness go hand in hand. And so I want us to take a, a few minutes uh, to remind ourselves that when God cleans and erases our life blackboard, they're truly clean. They're immaculately clean. And so we're going to do, a, do our best as forgiven people to live and be a forgiving people. And the first point I want to make is that God's sin eraser is eternal. And the moment that we ask the Lord for forgiveness, this amazing, wonderful, supernatural thing happens. We're forgiven. We're forgiven. All of our sins are erased. He's cleaned that, that chalk out of that, out of that eraser. And, and with a clean eraser has wiped out that board that, that has everything written on it that, that we have done. That it's washed clean, immaculately, wonderfully clean. Better than we could as, a, as, a, as fourth, fifth, and sixth graders trying to get the, that board clean. And the Bible is clear on this. And we're going to look at some verses, Isaiah 43. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. Look at this. For my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. This short little verse has a couple of things in it. The first is, he's going to do this for his sake. He can't be in the company of sin or sinfulness. So he makes it possible to, that we could be washed clean to be able to be in the presence of God. And then he says, I will not remember your sins. We think, well, God's got it out for me. And now wait a minute. If you've asked for forgiveness, if you've confessed that sin, he tells us once you repent of that, he's not going to remember that. He's not going to use that against you. Then we move to a little further in the, uh, in the uh, Old Testament, the book of Micah, uh, chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. He will cast all our seas into the depths, sins into the depths of the sea, into the deepest part. This is where we get that. Micah chapter 7, that he puts our, takes our sins and casts them in the depths of the sea. Psalm 103, a tremendous chapter, uh, verses 8 through 12. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. The Lord will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear him. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. If you look got a map, if you've got a compass, east never meets west. Right? That what that's what makes them east and west. They will never meet. So that's how far away he's cast our transgressions from us. We need to let these passages sink in for a moment. Just to look at these passages and, and just soak it in for a minute. So we often think about forgiveness, but I'm afraid we don't enjoy our forgiveness as much as we can or as much as we should. And every sin, every wrong thought, every wrong attitude, every wrong action, they're all gone. East and west, into the depths of the sea. Everything that, that we... Uh, Everything that should commit our everlasting spirit to the pit of hell is released, erased, and washed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for us. Jesus took upon himself every big sin, little sin, gross sin, vile sin, mortal sin, venial sin, every sin imaginable, Gave his life for our forgiveness and for our cleansing. And we, we, we're probably going to pay the consequences for that sin. He didn't take that away. All right, we did wrong and we, we, may, we may be paying the consequences for our sin. But in heaven's eyes, we are redeemed. We are rescued. We are washed clean. We're given that new slate. That, that, that blackboard is clean. That blackboard board has been erased and washed. When there may be consequences, and that doesn't go away. We sometimes, well, I've been forgiven. Why do I have to? Well, well, you, you still did it. You know, that's still part of, the, part of all that. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He's washed all that away. Right? When God looked at David after he had repented from what he had done with Bathsheba, the Lord didn't condemn him to a life of hell. The Lord didn't throw David away. The Bible tells us that even God, even though God knows all things, he chooses to forgive us. He chooses to redeem us. He chooses to restore us. And give us a new start. When David was a young boy. He was kneeling at the feet of the prophet Samuel. And being anointed as the next king of Israel. One day that David. That teenage boy. Before he killed Goliath. One day that boy that was being anointed. By that prophet that day. That was instructed by God to do this. He would be the next king. God knew that he would make mistakes. God knew that he would fail. And his life would be a royal mess. But knowing all of that, the Lord did not abandon David. The Lord didn't throw him away. Well, this, you're going to be, you're not it. You're not it. He didn't sidestep David. He didn't reject David. He forgave David. And he even used he even used David and Bathsheba 
to give birth to and raise a man by the name of Solomon who wrote some great books in the Bible. And he built the first temple for Israel. And if that would have been us, we would have said, well, we're certainly going to use David and Bathsheba. Yeah, they're a mess. We need to find somebody with better morals than that. You know, we're going to carry that around. But God's forgiveness and his, God's love goes way beyond our understanding. And in fact, as you look around the Bible, you see example after example after example of how God chose the ones he chose we would have rejected because they made mistakes. We think of uh, God using Abram and Sarai or Sarah even though time after time they failed him. Right? We, we read that, that uh, God used Moses and Joshua uh, even though both of those failed to listen to God and, and went and did their own thing at different times and getting themselves and other people in trouble. God used the prophet Elijah even after he ran away and hid in a cave. And he had deep thoughts of depression. So what am I trying to say? God has a bigness, big forgiveness eraser. And he's able to wash away all of our sins. And then the next thing, God's eraser brings freedom. And one of the wonderful things about God's sin eraser is that it enables us to live a life of freedom. We're free from all of that. We're free from, from what many people would just weigh them down and they drag that around all their life. We can, we are able to live a life knowing that we're not condemned. Live a life knowing that God's not uh, looking for us to make a mistake so he can squash us. We can live a life filled with God's favor and God's blessing and God's anointing. And in order to do this, we have to remember something very important. That we can't make or can't let a mistake in this life stop us from becoming what God wants us to become. We've made a mistake. We've dropped the ball. We've blown it, in other words. We can't allow that failure or sin to prevent us from living an abundant life here and now. He wants us to come to him and confess that in a time of just you and him. Confessing means just out of your mouth. He knows what you've done. But he wants you to fess up. He wants you to say it. Lord, this is what I did. And it's not for anybody else to hear. It's not for anybody else to, oh, did you hear him say that? Oh, man, we got to post that. It's for you to do business with him by, by saying and talking to him in prayer. Just a simple, Lord, I know that was wrong. And I'm not going to do that again. And he'll give us the power to do that. He'll give us the help to do that. This past May, little story. This past May, a fellow by the name of Bill Buckner died at the age of 69 he was 69 years old. He was an amazing Major League Baseball player. His career lasted 22 years. And during that time, 
He played for the Red Sox, for the Cubs, and the Dodgers. And he ended his career with 2,715 hits, 498 doubles. He batted over 300 at the end of the season. He batted over 300 seven times and never struck out more than 40 times in a season. And that's amazing because these guys get up there and they just swing for the fences. And, these, and today, the, the average is 120 to 200 strikeouts a year. So to never, never strike out more than 40 times a season is amazing. He had a great career. He had only one problem. One problem. He made a mistake. In the 10th inning of a World Series game between the Red Sox and the New York Mets, he missed a play as first baseman. And the Mets ended up winning the game. And Buckner was not only blamed for losing game six, that's not the end of this World Series. There had to have been a game seven played, but somehow he became the scapegoat for game seven too, when he didn't make a mistake. So for years, people blamed him, they cursed him, they hated him. And he even received death threats. And sadly, this year when he did pass away, one of the media outlets in the Boston area ran this headline. I didn't put it up there, but Bill Buckner, all-star slugger best known for his 86 World Series error, is dead at 69. One play in a career of 22 seasons, over 2,500 games played. And the one thing that many people remember him for and label him with was the one play that he missed in one game when he was already suffering a leg injury and shouldn't have been playing in the first place. But the manager decided well, we're going to put Bill in there at first base, even with a leg injury, because he's a good batter. He's a good hitter. One mistake, and people tried for the rest of his life to label him with that one mistake, that one failure. And things got so bad that uh, for a time, Bill and his, and his family, his wife and kids, had to move away from Boston to find some peace. But at the end of his, his life, near the end of his life, all was forgiven by the Boston fans. But we're saying 30 years. It was, it was horrible. The devil tries to do that with us. One thing. You remember that day you did that. You remember the time when you did that. That always comes up. Boy, you've done it now. You might as well jump in with both feet. You've made a mistake that one day. You remember that one day? And that's what the devil tries to, to, to whisper in our ears. And that's what he tried to do with the apostle Peter after his denial of Jesus three times. That story of, G of Peter being around the, the fire out there when Jesus was being beaten by the Roman soldiers. The devil tried to get Peter to quit being a disciple. I'm going fishing. I quit. Anybody want to go with me? And the other fishermen, they, they went with Peter. He was a leader in that group. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a fisherman, okay, but... That's not what Jesus called Peter to do. He called him away from that. 
And in John 21, Jesus goes back to, to, to that seashore where, where Peter was going to be, not to condemn Peter. Hey, you blew it. You shouldn't have quit. Yeah. That's bad. He went to tell him what his plans were. He told him that he would bless him if he wants to fish. But more than a big haul of fish, the Lord wanted Peter to be the leader of his church. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Three times. Peter denied him three times. Jesus goes and gets Peter to confess three times. Peter decided at that moment not to allow the world, not to allow the devil to forever label him as a failure. Right? We know a fellow by the name of Thomas. What do we call him? Doubting Thomas. Right? We could be saying just as easy, the betrayer Peter. But we don't. Because Peter turned it around. He didn't allow that to take place. Sure, he betrayed Jesus. Right? He, he denied Jesus. Sure, he failed that night standing by the fire. Sure, he, he made a mistake, but he didn't let that mistake stop him. The Lord's not going to allow that. And when the devil whispers in your ear, you remember that day you did this? Remember that day when you did that? Don't listen to that junk is all I got to say. God has a big eraser and a big washcloth. And he wipes those sins clean. And finally, God's forgiveness enables us to forgive others. We're not only to become forgiven people, but we, we learn how to forgive other people. And one of the beautiful things about being forgiven is that we are given this new life of freedom and that freedom involves, hey, God has shown me forgiveness. I need to show forgiveness to somebody else. A new mindset, a new personality, if you will. And, uh, and as we look at this, uh, God sees or God gives us the grace and the ability to forgive others. He sees what we can become, not what we are or who we are and God loves to forgive and transform us from the inside out so God's forgiveness God and forgiveness go hand in hand he wants to allow you to be forgiven and for you to forgive other people so today as we 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 look at this let's celebrate forgiveness forgiveness from God forgiveness of our own mistakes and forgiveness of others' mistakes that they have done. Release them. They're walking around. The, they don't want to be around you because they know. They know what they've done. They know what, they know what they've said. But once you forgive, you, you release that relationship up again. And you, you open up ways. Will it be easy? No. It's not going to be easy. It will take time. And when we re repeat that, it will take time. It will take the grace of God and a dedicated action on our part to forgive somebody else. But don't, don't, we don't want our past mistakes to define us. So we should not define somebody else by their past mistakes. Listen to the Lord. 
who rescues us. Listen to the Lord who, who redeems us. Listen to the Lord who forgives us. Live a life of freedom. And so when we get to that point, we can enjoy God's forgiveness. We can receive God's forgiveness. And we can extend God's forgiveness. Amen? Ruth, if you'll come. Everybody, if you'll stand as we close this morning. <clears throat> we can't, we cannot walk away this morning. I don't know where you are. I don't want to assume uh, where you are. Uh, but uh, uh, we always think, well, I'm glad they're here this morning. They, they get to hear that. But it's for each one of us. And uh, this morning as we, as we close, I want us to sing a familiar song. I'm going to have the words up on the screen. But this is a time for you. This is a time for you to do, do business with Him. And He wants us to mouth the words. The word confess is with your mouth confess Jesus is Lord. That means, Lord, you have it all. But I have to say it. I have to give it to Him, and I can only do that in a time of prayer. So we, we extend the time of prayer for that to happen. We're going to th sing three verses, but I want to open up the altar for you as we sing uh, uh, softly and tenderly. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. up here is 
away from everybody else, if that kind of gives you some privacy, as you, as you say, Lord, I know I did wrong when I did this, and I'm not going to do that again. That's confession and repentance. That's what he asked each of us to do. <clears throat> One more verse, of course. Then we're going to close in prayer. Oh, wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon. Pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, oh sinner, come home. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that your word tells us that we can have our, our sins washed away. To have that big life blackboard cleaned with your sin eraser. And forgive us for using these analogies, Lord, but as a, a picture, we can put this together and know that it was once marked up, I did this, I did that, here, there, whatever it might have been. But you've, you've erased all of that when we come to you and say, Lord, that was wrong. I should not have done that. I should not have said that. I should not have been there. I should not have done that. Lord, I will not do it again. Father, it's then that you get out that eraser. And, and then you tell us that you will purify us from all unrighteousness. And then that, and you tell us that you are not going to remember our sins anymore. And then those two illustrations, Lord, that we read that into the depths of the sea or as far as the east from the west. Lord, we, we give you praise. We give you thanks that, that you give us a new start. We are born again. We start over. But we start over with you. And Lord, even after that, there are things that we may have stumbled and done or we should not have done. Lord, we confess that to you and get that straight and we're back on the road, the right road again. And that's where most of us are probably this morning that are here, Lord, that we've stumbled and now we need to, we need to confess that and tell you, well, Lord, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I, but I slipped. I, I'm sorry. But you wait for us to make that move, that confession with our mouth and then you move in with your hand of forgiveness Lord help us Lord help us in everything that we do 
Lord, to be a witness for you. Help us, Lord, to forgive others that our relationship with them can be repaired just as your relationship with us is repaired through forgiveness. We love you and praise you. We give you the glory and thanks. Be with us throughout this day and this week. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen.